Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim. Fill that out and that's it. Alrighty, I always like to start with something interesting and this sounds far-fetched, but if you're using an Apple AirTag on your dog, I want you to listen up because I want you to double check and make sure that the AirTag holder on his collar is super snug and that the AirTag can't fall off because here's why. A guy by the name of Colin Mortimer in Washington, D.C., he lost track of his dog's AirTag. It just fell off the dog's collar somewhere. So he looked all over the house. He looked in the dog's bed, the pile of dog toys all over his house. But he could still hear the faint beating of an an air tag. And he's like, where's that beeping coming from? Well, lo and behold, as he got closer and closer to the dog, guess what? Oh, yikes. That's right. The dog swallowed the air tag and it was in the dog's stomach. Now, luckily, the dog eventually threw it up. And guess what? It still works. Now, I'm telling you, the AirTag battery could do a real number on a pet's inside. So I want you to be super sure that the AirTag holder is really snug on your pet's collar. Um, because after all, you want to be really you want to be really extra safe with your fur babies. Like, for example, I had to take uh, Abby to the vet this morning because she ate a bag of Scrabble tiles. Uh, no word yet. Get it. Scrabble tiles. No word yet. I know. Hey, listen, you're about to get more tech smarts because every single thing is now a tech thing. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And if you're a regular listener, hey, welcome back. After all, I'm Kim Commando, America's beloved digital goddess. And you've tapped into our award-winning show about all things digital. You can find us on over 425 top stations from coast to coast. And we're streaming in your favorite radio app. Just search for My Last Name Commando. And you can find us streaming as a podcast, as a webcast, 24-7, commercial-free, over at GetKim.com. And a special thank you goes out to all of our listeners on the American Forces Network Radio, serving more than 375,000 American servicemen and women in 175 countries and 200 ships at sea. Love that. And I'm sure you have at least a few questions about something digital I can lend a hand to. And our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 is the way to join us. And just a quick reminder, if you're just too shy to come on a big-time radio show and podcast, you can email me questions to me over at commando.com. Just head over to komando.com, and in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link that says Email Kim. All right, every single day I visit at least 30 different websites to make sure that I'm up to date on all things digital and I can pass these things on to you so you're also up to date. And this is part of the show where I like to talk about some tech news that's happening. And it seems like everywhere you go online, everybody's talking about what? Yes, chat GPT. And it may be just a matter of time before Microsoft Bing, yeah, I said it, becomes your homepage. No kidding. Chat GPT has set a record for the fastest growing user base in history. Okay. It scooped up 100 million active monthly users. Wow. And it's only been around for, say, about two months. Now, compare that to TikTok, which took nine months to reach the same number. Instagram, two years. Now, here's another shocker. Microsoft is working to put a faster version of ChatGPT right into Bing so that this way people are like, "Mm, Google, that's so old school. We're going over to Bing. I know. Never thought those words would come out of anybody's mouth. So aside from handing itself to Bing for billions of dollars, ChatGPT is now planning a subscription-based service. It's going to call it ChatGPT Plus, 
And it's $20 a month and everyone is going to pay for it. I mean, everyone is like, okay, just I'll give you the 20 bucks. I love ChatGPT. And which brings us to number two. What's more intelligent than ChatGPT? How about a cat GPT? But first, a little bit more about that ChatGPT+. What are you going to get? Uh, it's going to give you all the features, but it's going to work a little better. It's going to be a little faster. You're going to see the features, the new features, faster. And maybe the website won't crash as much. And so with all this AI chatbot talk, Google is totally on red alert. I don't know if you heard, but Sergey Brin and Larry Page, they called him back at retirement, like going, oh, we don't know what's going to happen to our company. So word out this past week that Google has something called Apprentice Bard, where you can ask questions and get detailed answers, a lot like ChatGPT. But right now it's only being uh, rolled out to Google employees. Well, ChatGPT may have gotten 100 million monthly users, but let's not forget about the biggest internet sensation. What is it? Yes, it seems like everybody on the internet, we just love cats. That's right, because they have this superior knowledge and wisdom, and they look at you like, oh, you're just a human, and I'm a cat. Well, a Dutch data journalist realized this, and he created the cat GPT. You can ask, or ask it any question, it replies, Meow. That's all it says. So smart. That's all it says. Meow. And if the site ever crashes, it's going to be a catastrophe. <laughs> uh. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Okay. Number three, why you don't want to ever meet a twin stranger online. This is a sad story, but I just want to pass it along. Uh, Saramban K, she searched high and low on social media for a lookalike. Then she found someone, a 23-year-old beauty blogger by the name of Khadija in a neighboring city. So she arranged to meet her in August. Well, later that month, a body was found with more than 50 stab wounds in the back of a Mercedes. Now, the parents confirmed that it was Sharaban to the police. The body was found in her car and she had gone missing. But here's the twist. Following an autopsy, the police identified the body of Kajia, which happened. Sarah Bond allegedly searched for a lookalike online to murder in order to fake her own death. So police say on the day of the crime, Saran Bond with a friend picked up the twin that she met online and then he, she murdered him, or actually the pair murdered him, and now they're facing life sentences. So why exactly did she do this? Police say she just wanted to go on hiding because she said there was a whole bunch of drama-rama going on in the family. They were dysfunctional. So she murdered a twin lookalike that she found online. Ugh, isn't that horrible? Uh, number four, popular kids game goes woke. What's going on with that? Okay, the first Sims game was released 23 years ago. A harmless and fun game for kids, right? 12 and older. Fun and harmless, that is, until now because... Welcome to Woke Sims. That's right. Here's what parents need to know. Maxis is the maker of Sims 4, of course, and they call it the ultimate life simulation game. But parents need to know that the latest version of the game introduces non-binary players, they, them pronouns, and Sims with top scars. I don't know if you know what top scars are, but it's the result of breast removal surgery. Now, of course, 12-year-old girls don't have any medical need for breast removal, so clearly the game is promoting transgender surgeries. Now, I know that transgender is a hot-button issue, and you may seem like, why is Kim Commando talking about transgender issues? Well, I'm not. I just want parents to be fully aware, fully cognizant of what the kids 
are going to be exposed to if they are allowed to play Sims 4. So, so now you know. But you know what the best part of Sims is? You know what the best part is that if you get bored, you can just start over with a brand new family, just like my uncle did recently, which is a whole other story. Yes. Uh, number five, does a knife emoji mean murder? So let's talk about emojis for a second. Would you understand how to interpret a smiley face emoji inside of a court case? Well, law professor Eric Goldman tracked mentions of emojis and emoticons in court cases recently. And in the last few years, guess what? This just shot up big time. Now, here's the problem. Emojis mean different things to different people. The cowboy emoji could mean a sense of achievement. To me, it's like, hey, get up and go or headed off to Montana. Well, could a jury accurately decipher what an emoji means? Well, take, for example, this case in Ohio. A man sent an unwanted text message. Some included rodent emojis. Well, he was convicted of telecommunications harassment. So what does a rodent emoji mean? Okay, you're a rat. But what if that was misinterpreted? I mean, who knows, right? So millennials see the plain smiley emoji at its face value. Gen Zers say it's sarcastic. And if you ever use the thumbs up emoji, that means that you're just an old person. That's right. So you want to stop using that. You use the checkbox or the salute if you want to be hip. Hey, let me let me ask you this question. What is a cow emoji called? This is something you can use with the kids. What's a cow emoji called? You ready? An emoji. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Coming up in our privacy tip, we have the high-tech way to protect your logins. That's much better than two-factor authentication. We have some work-at-home jobs to tell you about how to handle a data breach. And of course, we have all of your phone calls from coast to coast on the Kim Commando Today podcast. Hey, our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 is the way to join us. And coming up in just a few minutes, let's talk about encryption and what it really means. And before we get to all of that, how about we start with Phyllis in Orlando Beach, Florida. Hi, Phyllis. Thank you so much for speaking with me. I, I, I'm just been like so upset over what was going on with my brother. So I'm hoping you can give me some great direction, which I know you okay. can. Um, uh, his computer was hacked in a sense. Uh, this is through PayPal. My sister-in-law got a link. She opened it because they do use it. Whatever the scam is, I'm not sure of all of the details. Um, somehow or other, they said they owed money. The guy convinced my brother to let him have access to his computer. He showed him his ID, his, his employee card, and P.S., the bottom line is he stole $450,000. He linked my brother's bank account to his investment account and cleaned out an IRA account and sold a oh, like a trading account, right? And wow! My How, what, did you say? No, wait, 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 Phyllis, Phyllis, did uh, you say four hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Got it. That's right. That's right. And oh, fidelity, the fidelity acute. My who with my brother has been with them for like fifteen years. He's a banker. He was a banker. Uh, he's retired now. And it's not like he's not computer savvy. He has his computer built. Sure. He's techie smart. But when it comes to this, not so great. And uh, mm. I think Fidelity is responsible. That, that's a whole other issue, though, how, they, it, they were, how it was allowed. And they accused my brother of being the fraudster, the guy, 
uh, it's unreal because it came from his computer. And sure. So my question is, I told him, don't send me any. We don't do a lot of com- emails back and forth. He's not mm-hmm. into texting a lot of emails. It's mostly phone calls. Don't send me anything because I don't know um, what this guy you, you know put what? in You're your smart. computer. And what does my brother, what can I tell my brother to do? I mean, I would told him to take a hammer to it. but Well, that's, that's about what he needs to do. Uh, as far as the computer is concerned, I mean, he can do a whole factory reset and basically wipe the drive and start over from scratch. But in addition to that, he's got a lot of other work to do. He should change every single one of his passwords, you know, to any account because they may have access to the passwords that are saved in the browser. If they have access to the whole system, they probably have all that. Uh, He needs to enable two-factor authentication on any account. Uh, obviously have some good antivirus software, watch any, you know, you're really smart to make sure that you watch any emails or links that are coming out of there. Uh, but this is a, this is a big problem. Um, and it's not just with your brother. It's, it's that the cyber crime is just horrendous. It's just horrendous. Uh, Yeah. Um, And the PayPal is the worst because it's like three people I have spoken to have had some kind of problem and, uh, spam with PayPal. It's not PayPal. Yeah, it, it's it's the, not. It's not. It's people. Per- yeah. Right. It's right. people pretending to be PayPal. Exactly. Uh, you know, you can obviously he should contact the local police. if He hasn't done that already. He has. He uh, went to the district attorney. Good. Okay, good. And then there's a file. And there's also where uh, something called the Internet Crime Complaint Center. It's uh, the web address is IC3.gov. And okay. he can file a complaint. That's that's really the FBI. Uh, I was talking to the head of this whole Internet Crime Complaint Center, and I said, you know, do you really look at? I mean, be honest, just between you and me, you know, yeah. Do you really look at everything that that people send in here? Because you must be just inundated. And he said, absolutely. We look at every single case that comes in with fraud, and trying to put the pieces together, because if they did this to your brother, they've probably done it before and they're going to do it again to somebody else, right? Oh, absolutely. So, so, so absolutely. the big mistake is that, you know, he, he allowed them onto his system. Right, exactly. Yeah. That was the, and he realized, that was the, you know, yes, and he late. must, he, and he probably feels like a complete fool and a complete Ab- idiot. Yeah, they're, they're devastated. I mean, it, he does. He's, he can't believe he did that. And it, it, it's just uh, the guy, he's, this is what makes me crazy. He uh, said he can tell when the guy's in there. He said he, he disconnects his Wi-Fi. So when he's not using his computer, nobody, if it's off, nobody can get in. I said, but you, he changed all his banks and he changed a lot of, that I don't know okay. what he sent his passwords. Well, here's the other thing too. What I would do, mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that. I would I would get a new router. Okay. I get a whole new router, and okay. because who knows what they they may have been able to get into the router and enable something called remote access, and so no matter if he gets a new computer, they're still going to be able to get in through the router. Oh wow! So. So not only are we going to do a complete factory reset on the computer, maybe even buy a new computer, well, uh, not- I would also, you know, and I would also encourage him to buy a new router, a new modem. Let's just start everything from scratch, everything new, any phone, anything that's been connected 
any smart light bulb, anything that has been connected to that network. We need to disconnect it, change the passwords, and then get it back up there. Wow, what a nightmare. You know, we're going to write a tip about this, Phyllis. We are. We're going to write a tip about this at commando.com to walk you through all the steps. You've been scammed. You've been hacked. Now what? And uh, we'll see if we can put that together within the next week or so and send you out a copy directly so you can print it out and mail it to your brother or go over and give it to him with a uh, with a, a six-pack and say, all right, this is a lot of work, but I think you can do it. I feel as if I can help any other way, just let me know. And thanks for your call. Now, another important thing to do if this ever happens is to totally freeze your credit with the three major credit bureaus. I'm talking about Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. This way it can prevent anyone from opening new accounts or lines of credit in your brother's name. All right, let's talk about Encryption 101. I'm sure you've heard it thrown around. It's a way of scrambling a text message that no one can see what it says until the message actually reaches the recipient. So say you text somebody what time you're leaving. The moment you hit send, that message is turned into a bunch of numbers and letters. And then it stays like that as it passes through the carriers and the servers. And when the person on the other side gets it, it automatically is unscrambled so that this way they can read it. Now, if you're using an iPhone, the text bubble is blue, the message is encrypted. If it's green, that means it's not encrypted. Now, on Google Messages, the lock icon means that the text is encrypted. So remember, blue is encrypted on your iPhone, and then the lock icon on Google Messages means it's encrypted. Hey, our privacy tip is coming up. You don't want to miss. We have more of your phone calls on the Kim Commando Today podcast. All right, coming up in just a few moments, the high-tech way to protect your logins that's better than two-factor authentication. Later on, what to do if your name is part of a data breach. And before we go back to all of your phone calls, let's talk about three work-at-home jobs that pay at least $20 an hour. Let's start with being a bookkeeper. So this way you keep track of financial documents, prepare cash flow statements, and handle bank reconciliations. Now, these are all jobs that you can do remotely. You can telecommute. Uh, Number two, if you have experience in marketing or PR, you can snag a job as what's called a marketing coordinator. You do all kinds of fun things. And finally, if you're comfortable with a computer and you can type fairly quickly, look into these data entry positions. They like to see skills from folks who work as an administrative assistant or receptionist. So if you found that you're laid off, well, before you start pounding the pavement, so to speak, to see if there are any jobs available online. What you want to do is head over to LinkedIn.com and Indeed. And from there, you want to search for remote jobs. And if you want any links to any legitimate opportunities, make sure that you hit commando.com. And in the search box, just type in work from home. All right, Amanda from St. Petersburg, Florida. You're up next. So I am a small business owner. Um, I started with a network company, network marketing company about five years ago. And my team is just shy of the $15 million mark. So I have tapped into something and worked with it and made some big things happen. Congratulations. We are, oh, thank you. Just lots of learning and lots of hard work. What I am looking for and shopping for is a way to reach my customer base through email. So something where I could import all of my contacts and customers via Excel or a file and have an email go out. Probably, I'm probably looking at between 1,000 and 1,500 to go at a time. And I've done some preliminary resources or research and there's you know, 10, 15 different companies that do it. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask an expert. Well, thank you. Email marketing 
is phenomenal. It really is. Uh, and what's great is that when you start using some of these services that you can be, uh, you can have statistics as far as your open rate, your click-through rate, and you're not sitting there trying to manage these email addresses either. If somebody cancels an account or gets a new account or they don't want it anymore, you're not sitting there on an Excel sheet saying, all right, uh, Bob's mail bounced back, you know, so I got to get a new one from Bob. Uh, and it really makes life a heck of a lot easier. And then also these services have templates. And so it's pretty much just drag and drop and fill in the blanks, put a picture in. And what is even better than that is that you know that whatever you're emailing out is going to be responsive and it's going to work and it's going to look great, whether they're on a phone, a tablet, a Kindle or whatever it may be, right? So uh, as far as the companies that I recommend is number one is MailChimp. Uh, what I like about it for you is that it's free for small businesses with up to 200 or pardon me, up to 2,000 subscribers. And it has that whole drag and drop, and it's really intuitive for email campaigns. And if you are looking for something that maybe may be a little bit more robust, if you try MailChimp and you're like, uh, I don't really like the templates. I don't really like the, the, the way that it's working out for me. The one that I use for my sister is Constant Contact, and they have a 60-day free trial. So either MailChimp or Constant Contact, try those. And then if you need any additional help afterwards, Amanda, give us a call because um, we know a lot about email marketing. We do. Because over at commando.com slash subscribe, that's where you can sign up for our newsletters, which, by the way, we are just too big to use any of these smaller services because every single month we're sending out, I don't know, some months close to 20 million emails a month. That's crazy. I know. So if you're not already getting our emails, what are you waiting for? Join the masses. Knowledge is power. You can learn more and you can sign up over at commando.com slash subscribe. And once again, Amanda, if you need any help with this ever, just give me a call back and I'll work through whatever details that you need. But let's just start at the beginning. Start at MailChimp.com. And again, if you don't like it, constant contact. And thank you for your call. Now, when you talk about sending marketing emails for your company, no matter the size of the business, there are some best days, some days that are better than others. These are traditionally Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and they have the highest open and click-through rates for some email marketing campaigns. Now, a lot of people always ask me, what's the best time of day to send your emails? You know, I like to send them first thing in the morning, but research has showed that maybe late morning or early afternoon between, say, 10 a.m. and noon or 2 and 4 p.m., that they tend to also have the highest open rates. And one thing that's really important is personalization. If you can ever put the person's name inside the subject, it's also going to have a higher open rate. All right. We all talk about 2FA, two-factor authentication. And you know, it usually consists of two things. What? your password and a device, and usually it's your smartphone. It's when you try to log into some place, maybe you're in a new browser, a new IP address, new location, and it says, hey, we need to really make sure you are who you are. And then they send you that six-digit code, and you have to type it in, or it does autofill for you. So what about two-factor authentication? The reason why I bring this up is that Apple has joined the ranks of other companies, and now you can use a actual physical security key. Now, these are small devices that provide extra protection against unauthorized access to your accounts. And they work with your computer and phone via a physical or a wireless connection. So the whole idea is that if someone gets a hold of your passcode, that they wouldn't be able to access your account without this physical key. So it works like this. You enter your password and then you use your physical key to log into your accounts. And like a PIN code that's being sent to your phone, this cannot be intercepted by somebody who may have access to your text messages. 
So these security keys, like I mentioned, are just now being rolled out for Apple users, but uh, Google, Microsoft, Twitter, Facebook, you know, they've all had these for years. So the question is, which are the best physical keys to have? Well, you want one that works on, say, USB-A, NFC security keys. And there's a company called YubiKey, and we have links to these, so don't worry about it, so you can check them all out. And it's about $50. And there's also a Lightning security key uh, made by the same company for folks who are on iOS devices. And if you've never heard of these keys, you're wondering what they are, make sure that you hit the tip on the website and then pick up one of these keys. They're about 50 bucks, and we've got direct links to all of these. Head over to commando.com, and at the top of the page, it says Kim Show, and you'll find a link to everything that I just mentioned, talking about these physical security keys that are really are truly much better than two-factor authentication. All right, still to come, we have more of your phone calls, as well as some tips on what to do in, in case your name is out there and your email address and you're part of a data breach. And, of course, you have more of me, Kim Commando. All right, here's the deal. I made some changes on our social media accounts this past week that I want to be sure that you know about. At facebook.com slash Kim Commando, you can just go ahead and follow us. But at twitter.com slash Kim Commando and instagram.com slash Kim Commando, I have locked down the accounts. And so if you want access and you want to be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, what you want to do is just hit the button that says grant access, and then you'll go into a queue and then uh, then I'll take a look at all your names and then I'll prove you as I go through one by one by myself and I actually do this myself. Nobody else on the team does it. So that's twitter.com slash Kim Commando. Again, the account's locked. Just make sure that you request to follow us. And the same thing at instagram.com slash Kim Commando. All right. Let's see who's up next. Uh, Lisa in Littleton, Colorado. Hello there, Lisa. Hey, Kim. Thanks for having me on your show. You betcha. Yeah, I love it. I, I listen to you all the time. Thank you. So what's going on is I used to work at a, a veterinary clinic, and they have what's called Class 4 or cold wave laser therapy machines for, for pets for mm-hmm. various things like um, for pain in the joints or muscles, arthritis. Anyway, like, um, for example, a dog would come in to the clinic limping, and we would perform a laser treatment on him. And he would walk out not limping. And so, you know, I thought to myself, we can't really psych a dog out, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So he can't tell them this is going to work and have them have it in their head like, okay, I'm going to be better. They just were. So as an employee, we were kind of able to use that on ourselves. And it was just an amazing thing for helping to heal inflammation or, you know, even surgical incisions. If they, if a dog had a spay or neuter, they'd do a laser treatment to help that incision um, uh, heal faster. What was, what's the downside of this? What's the downside of cold laser therapy? To my knowledge, there isn't any. There are no side effects. Um the, the hmm. downside for the company, the company I worked for, was the cost of it. It was like $25,000 for the machine. Oh, for the machine. Um, which is why, okay. you know, veterinarians charge for that service is to recoup the cost of the, the actual unit itself. Um, so around Christmas, my husband found one that's for pets, but you can also use it on people. And it was a couple hundred dollars. And I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> did technology improve so much that they can now offer this kind of a product for hundreds of dollars rather than thousands of dollars? And I didn't know enough about how to research that to find out if, okay, if we buy one of these units at Walmart, 
um, is it a is it a gimmick or is it actually something that can be useful for people? Yeah, that's a you know that's a really tough call. It is a tough call. I mean, because you know you've been around this long enough that I mean, everybody has is that you know the first cell phone was eight thousand dollars and now it's you can pick one up for fifty bucks if you really wanted to. Yeah, uh, and technology does change and then over time it does become more cost effective. Now, does it go from twenty five grand to $250 over a period of time. I mean, yeah, it's a possibility, but I'm always cautious of anything that involves my body. Even though, like you said, like there's no side effects. I would, I don't know enough about this to say whether or not there are side effects. I'm smart in a lot of things, but I'm not smart in cold laser therapies or low level laser therapies. And uh-huh. uh, so I would want to do some research and make sure that whatever medical device, and this may not even be classified as a medical device, that it's regulated by some reputable authority like the FDA. Uh, just because, you know, your body is, the way, way I think about it, Lisa, is that my body's a machine, okay? What I put into uh-huh. it and what I get out of it is how I take care of it. And of course, there are always the anomalies, like a DNA mutation that no matter what you do, you might be susceptible to, say, breast cancer or something like that. But I would just be really right. cautious of anything that's being sold um, that at such a lower price. It, maybe it's less powerful, probably, or less versatile than maybe the, the class of laser therapy devices that are being used by vets. One of the things that you can always do, and just I want you to be really careful if you do do this, is that you can put the product name into Google and then just with, put the word review after it. Okay. And... That's where you can start picking up. Maybe somebody has done a blog about this. But if they are trying to sell the product at any given moment or sell a competitor's product, then that's just another scam. So I would try to find some type of review about this product that is a legitimate review. Because here's the deal. People get online and they write about everything, whatever might be in their their sphere, what they're looking at, what they like, what they dislike. Uh, you can see if the products for is it available for sale on Amazon.com. And and Amazon, you can uh, obviously look at the reviews. And now they have verified purchases on Amazon, so you can see. But just about everything under the sun. Now, if it's for sale on Walmart, it's going to be for sale on Amazon. So, you know, take a look at those reviews before you buy anything. And again, just just be cautious about whatever happens to your body. Again, I'm, again, I'm not an expert about cold laser therapy, but... I would just, I'm always, always super cautious about anything that involves my health and my body. Um, arthritis, you might want to look at Voltaire, and my mom used that, and it really helped her out. You can buy it at Costco. You know, a couple of other things that you can do. If you see a product and you're like, hmm, I'm just wondering if it's just too good to be true. The price seems incredible. And that's always a big red flag, is when you do that, always make sure that you put it on a credit card. So if it's not exactly what you expected, that you can always get your money back. But what I also like to do is head over to YouTube because, after all, Google is the number one search site in the world, right? YouTube is number two. And look for any type of product demonstrations using this particular product. Now, when you watch these videos, it can give you a really great idea of whether or not this product is going to meet your expectations, whatever the product may be. Now, of course, always, always, always check the return policy. And if you see something that's being sold to you via Instagram or Facebook, 
it may be difficult to return it because it's being shipped directly from China. And that's how they sell it, that you're going to save money because they're skipping the middleman. Which, by the way, I have to tell you, I have bought a few things on Instagram and every single time it turned out to be a complete dud. But anyway, check the return policy. So this way, in case you're not satisfied with the results, you can always just go ahead and send it back. If you haven't already, make sure that you sign up for our security alerts. You can sign up over at commando.com slash subscribe because anytime there's a big time data breach or even a little breach, as a matter of fact, or uh, maybe there's a product recall, you guys and gals are the first to know about it. So make sure you sign up for our breaking news alerts and security alerts over at commando.com slash subscribe because I bet at least one of your online account credentials is for sale at least on the dark web right now. So what should you do? Well, first, there's a website. We've talked about it here on the show called haveibeenpwned.com, and they track data breaches. And there you can enter your email address to see if your account details are for sale on the dark web. Again, the site is haveibeenpwned.com. Now, if your account is on a breach list, your first step is to change your email account or on that account's password as well. And be sure it's not the same or a similar password that you're using anyplace else online. Then what you want to do is turn on that two-factor authentication, which you can also use a, a physical security key that we just talked about. Be sure that you change your security questions and answers too, because they probably have those. And finally, this is super important, log out of all your accounts. Yeah, it's a hassle, but all those malicious actors will be logged out too. Now, do me a favor. If you laughed, okay, maybe once. If you learned a few things, be sure that you tell at least three friends about the Kim Commando Show. And you can find more information always at commando.com.